This is Dr. Kate Eckert with the Form, Function, and Flow Lab podcast. I'm a chiropractor, yoga instructor, anatomy junkie, and movement educator. And I am looking forward to exposing you to all sorts of ways that you can prehab your body to avoid injury and maintain those hobbies, activities, sports that you love to do. And we'll also be focusing a lot on the pregnant and postpartum journey and making sure that you can return to those activities that you love or even keep doing them while you're pregnant. Hi, it's Dr. Kate, and I wanted to do an episode on less is more, and that's going to be in the context of rehab exercises and treatment in the office. It took me a long time from when I got out of school to till now to kind of develop that approach to not trying to throw everything at a problem right off the bat for a variety of reasons. From a nervous system standpoint, um, too much all at once can just be an overload and from a figuring out what works standpoint, it can be too much all at once. And then for rehab exercises, you know, more is not better in a lot of different scenarios. Um, one I would say would be, you know, the patient where you say ice for 10 minutes, an hour, and they think more is better. They leave the ice pack on for hours. And I actually, my dad did that and gave himself frostbite, turned the skin black. It, you know, peeled all of those things. So more is definitely not better in a variety of circumstances, but also when it comes to treatment. And I think as a provider, you want to do all the tools in your toolbox. And it's really hard to step back from that and and try to pare it down and do what's best for the nervous system at that time. So I wanted to give a scenario of, you know, if someone comes into my office that is having an acute flare up where they can't even get down on the table easily, or they can't lie face down, what can I do for them? Um, you know, if they can't tolerate uh, a lot of pressure, those kind of things, you can actually make it worse if you let the brain feel like it's having even more insult to the area. So two examples would be, I had a patient come in with severe pain down the legs in the low back. And she, you know, wasn't able to lie on her stomach. And you typically, when you think of going to the chiropractor, you think of lying on your stomach, you get adjusted, you lie on one side, you lie on the other side. I didn't do any of those things. I did a full exam. I was with the orthopedic tests. I was leaning heavily towards a disc issue. And from a rehab standpoint, I know that getting the right intra-abdominal control is that first key step in helping to support around a herniated disc. 
So I simply had her lie on her back and I coached her through supine 90-90 breathing, which if you go to my Instagram, we have that on, we have that exercise on there or TikTok, any of the platforms that is a, a standard um, breath work style that we do all the time. I simply laid her, lay, laid her down on the table, propped up her legs on a, an exercise ball, held it for her, coached her through, slowly learning to um, get that 360 degree expansion of the rib cage, breathing into the painful area. And we did that for 20 minutes. And then we did some uh, really, really light um, stimulation around the diaphragm and some really light stimulation around the low back musculature while she was seated, not to use super deep pressure to rub a sore muscle out or anything like that, but just to give the brain a different input, a different sensory input to that area. So nothing intense, nothing deep, nothing hard, just to help her to repressurize her core and be able to override that, that pain signal. So with, with pain, it takes the same pathway up to your brain as light touch. So I will do a very light, soft stroke with the rock blade, which is a metal tool that we use in the office. And it actually also comes with a black, um, I don't know even know how you want to say it, but it looks like a comb on it. And you can do light brush strokes to help with that overriding the pain signal. So I do that in the office and then I'll have them do something similar with a paintbrush or some type of brush soft touch to the area just to give the brain a little rest from the pain signals and give it something different to view. Um, and then always have them do the breath work. She was able to walk out, um, you know, obviously not 100%, but a little really so that maybe on the next visit, she could be able to lie face down. You know, those little baby steps to getting you um, some relief and being able to actually do any kind of rehab type exercises. It's hard to jump into any rehab exercise when you can't even move to get into the position. And it doesn't help you to do an exercise if you're um, going to cause more pain and then your brain is going to sense even more distress because that's going to make it lock things up around it and cause you less mobility. Um, another scenario was having a patient come in with such excruciating neck pain that they couldn't turn their head at all to one side, just woke up with it, very random, but on the verge of tears, uh, not able to work um, that day, not able to get out of bed, had to help help getting out of bed. So I knew it was kind of off the table to lie the patient down right off the bat. So we just started seated, 
Same thing, very light brush strokes with that little metal uh, rock blade tool and the, the black comb attachment. Then I used a little bit of cupping to help bring increased blood flow to the area, try to dissipate some of the inflammation because a lot of times when you're having something super acute like that, we have a lot of inflammation around the area and that doesn't allow fresh blood to get there to oxygenate it and help it with the healing process. And it also leads to stagnant lymph and stagnant lymph goes hand in hand with inflammation. So light touch to try to desensitize the area. Um, cupping to help get that fluid dynamic moving again to try to decrease inflammation and um, increase blood flow to get the oxygen there to help it heal. And then I followed up with some super, super light trigger point work. So, you know, that's another thing that's hard to learn right when you come out of school and you're, you know, you want to go really hard to get rid of the, the knot. But that's not how knots work. They respond to different neurological inputs. So light pressure can be sometimes just as effective as that deep, harder pressure that people associate with getting those knots out. Um, and then follow it up with some rock tape cut in strips to help even more facilitation long-term on getting the, um, inflammation out of the area and trying to, to calm the area down. And another, um, thing to keep in mind is that I, if it's one-sided pain, like this patient's was one-sided neck pain. I also worked the good side because giving brain input to that side is going to also affect the other side. So that's also um, important, you know, and that's a much more comfortable way to work this very aggravated, very painful area. So actually, I forgot to mention that I worked the good side first and then moved on to the bad side. Um, and that's the same with like when people come in with shoulder issues, I usually have them work both sides, the good side, range of motion and the bad side, because the brain gets benefit from working the good side as well and gives that info to the bad side. So just something to keep in mind. If you have an injury, don't neglect your good side. Um, so yeah somebody coming in with a very acute problem, you might not even need to um, lie the patient down on the table. You could do all seated and work within their pain free range because you don't want to increase their pain. You want to meet them where they're at and slowly introduce that um, movement um, and baby step into getting more mobility and more pain-free mobility so that once you hit that point, then it's time to strengthen and figure out where the weak spots are, where, what caused that problem and how can we avoid it from happening again? Cause it didn't, well, most likely didn't happen for no reason. So once you're out of the acute flare up and you're 
all set and you know ready to introduce some movement maybe some strengthening then we see what what's the why behind why this happened and where can we go from here to figure out how we can prevent this from happening again so that's that's that stepping stone and some people just want to get out of pain and they don't really want to take it to the next level of I don't want this to happen again I mean it, it you got to meet your patient where it's at where that where they're at and not you know if they don't want to do the next step, that's totally fine. That's up to them. Just come see me again when this pops up. And, you know, if it gets worse, the next time maybe you will want to do some preventative stuff down the road. So it's totally up to every person. I, I am there as a resource and, and to help you with the journey that you want your health to take. So everybody's different and you know, everybody has a different timeline or schedule, that kind of thing. So important to keep in mind. But I wanted to uh, come on and talk a little bit about how less can often be world of better and not create that increase of, of brain um, seeing the pain as a threat. So we want to be kind of slow and maybe do less to get a better outcome, which is hard as a practitioner. You want people to feel better immediately. And it definitely has taken, you know, I've been out of school since 07 and it's taken years to kind of um, trust the process and do less and trust that that will be the better thing usually. And with same thing with the, all the pelvic floor and uh, diastasis stuff that I do, you know, jumping right into strengthening before you learn how to fully relax the pelvic floor is not going to help you. And same thing with diastasis. If you push through the strengthening exercises, there's that very fine line of we're building that proper intra-abdominal pressure but oh, now we've passed it and now we're making the coning worse. Or if you have a prolapse, you're working on that intra-abdominal pressure. Oh, you passed it. Your prolapse gets worse. So it's being very gracious with yourself and finding what's the right amount with you. That's like a key part in any type of rehab is um, finding that amount that is just enough so that you make progress, but you don't backslide. Um, so it takes practice and it takes trial and error, but you know, don't get discouraged. And um, yeah, so that is our uh, little my little spiel on less is more because I think it's important. And you often get people that are used to the more is more approach and they have a hard time shifting mindset and getting on board with a less is more approach. But I, I guarantee that it will um, be more beneficial for you in the long run. I look forward to working with you guys. And if you have any th topics that you'd like discussed, make sure to comment below and let me know. 
so I'd be happy to share all the knowledge that I have on those issues.